Welcome back to another episode of Wish Sonar and check out this new desk that we got. It's a nice setup here. We're looking fresh. We got the TV behind us where all of our charts are about to go. So now you can see Tony and my faces while you look at the charts. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. We got the, got the nice setup down there. We got these big mics that I don't really know how to use. I can't decide if I should like hold it like this or just leave it on the table. But anyways, Tony, how you doing? I'm good, you know, recovering from a little sunburn, but uh, yeah. overall pretty good. How so about you? How'd you get the sunburn? You know, hanging out in Nashville, watching Tennessee play Virginia. Yeah. Did you have a good Labor Day weekend? Yeah, it was good. It's hot outside, and I didn't clearly didn't wear sunscreen. Clearly, but or hat. Yeah, or a hat. Yeah. How was your Labor Day weekend? It was great. Thank you for asking. I went to the pool for the last time. By the way, I um, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but like I still got it on the diving board. Do I still you? got it. I can believe I still that. Still got it. Um, there's a little bit of pain and soreness involved now, but for 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 a brief moment, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, your age starts with a three now, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they didn't know that. Not nah, now they do. Okay. Well, it's not true. I'm I'm 29 forever. Um. Anyways, uh, you know, 30, 30 is the new 20. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting after it. But anyways, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we're talking about hurricanes. We're talking about LTL. We're talking about truckload. We're talking about new uh, student loan repayments. We got a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. got a lot to cover today. Um, as far as, uh, you can't use student loan repayments, as far as economic news that we should be expecting to come out soon or next, like where are your eyes next? Like what, re what release are you waiting for next? Uh, well, there's a couple. Inflation. The CPI, what does that look like? That comes uh, out soon, doesn't it? Middle next of the week? month. Middle of the month. I think okay. it's probably next week. Uh, and then, obviously, the retail sales figures. What what does consumer spending look like? Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately, what does the Fed do with interest rates? Because I think that is a one of the most important things that we have moving forward. Because if they continue to raise interest rates, that is a demand destructor, and it's a negative for freight demand. If they hold them steady. Well, maybe we kind of see where things go from here. They start cutting. Well, you start ending up in a potential for the inflation runaway to re start to return. And I think, so there's just risk, not overall. I mean, there's just risk involved right now from a macro perspective, not including the student loans, right? Yeah. It's, it's very hard to predict. I think the market, the stock market itself is factoring in expecting higher interest rates. So... It feels like they've already gone too far, but it seems like more rate, rate increases are on the horizon. Is there ever a situation where you think the Fed just says, yeah, we're just going to kick our feet back and leave it here for the next three years and see what happens? No, because they just don't operate that way. Just, just give people a little semblance of like, you know, just some consistency would be nice. Yeah. they. I mean, it just won't happen. Yeah. I mean... They're always trying to figure... I mean, it's a game, right? They're pulling a lever to try to yeah. fix... They want their 2% inflation, which they're still not there. I mean, we're we're stuck at the 3% number. Not trying to split the room, but like... Well... Anyways... And that's um, the total number, right? right I mean, if you look number. at the core inflation, it takes out food and energy, like it's still higher than that. I mean, you're talking still up over that. 4%, and that's the number and, that and they're really looking at. And it's stuck there. Yeah. Right? That's the challenge, right? Is it's... It's stuck. It seems to be stuck there. Yeah, because you had months, and the reason it came down was because you had months that were one percent, one and a half percent increases yeah, month over month. Point one month over month, right? And now you're down to point, point two, point, two point, three. point three, point four. Like those 
So you roll off a 1% increase for a 0.4% increase. Guess what? That 12-month rolling total naturally comes down until you get to a level, right? If you have 0.4% increases every month, well, you're kind of sticky at that that number. I flirt with five percent on an annualized basis. Exactly, and I think that's that's some of what's happening is you're you're f- on a month over month basis. That I think that's the key is people think inflation's coming down, prices aren't coming down. They're going up at a slower, slower rate, rate. Right, the rate of inflation. Yeah, we has were slowed. in sync there. Yes, the rate of inflation is slowed, and that is the important part to remember. Not that prices have come down. That's very true. Very true. What has come down. Truckload rates. Yeah. What has not come down though is LTL rates. And we're gonna take a look at that. Yo, how about that segue? That was nice. So let's go ahead and throw it up here. Oh, look at that. It's right there. Isn't this nice? We can oh. point. You guys can see our beautiful faces. Um and uh and Tony Sunburn. But uh anyway, so so what we have here, <laughs> but like actually this is important, okay? Because in the LTL world, we had yellow, and the question is, are we seeing some of the impacts of yellow, or is this just the natural trend of the LTL markets that the market is demanding right now because so this is a trend so we've got data on this going back to January 1 of 2017 all right so a good amount of history here about six and a half plus years now and you've got LTL here in blue now we do see the data daily but I've got this filtered to a weekly view or actually it might even be a monthly view and so you do see some dips in there most of that's holiday stuff but that blue line is where we are this month mm-hmm. for LTL prices, forty-five seventy-four. So it's forty forty-five dollars and seventy-four cents on a per one hundred pound basis. Yeah, right. So for every hundred pounds that you're shipping, that's what it is. Of course, there's going to be a ton of variance in that. You know what your class is and yeah. the whole nine, right? And this whole thing like reefer LTL, whatever that is. But as uh, a joke for anyway, we'll come back to that. But um, and then you've got truckload here on the left axis, currently at two thirty-six a mile line haul which is down from that peak of about $3 a mile, just over $3 a mile line hauls. So, um, but I mean, look, I mean, these things were basically trending together pretty well, Tony, until mm-hmm. probably 2021 when truckload got a little overextended. LTL has just continued to just do its thing. And nothing's really changed. Yeah, and I think some of that is, you have to remember how like the pricing model works in LTL. It's It's just a different... I mean, the model itself... Slightly fewer carriers. Yeah, fewer carriers. The top carriers control the market share, yeah. right? Like, there's these things that... Think of it... It's weird to say it, but it's a, it's not as dominant or dominated by the carriers like the ocean market is, but it's not so fragmented like the trucking market is. Like, it's just in-between, right? And then you lose one of the largest players. Mm-hmm. Like, those impacts... Like this was already increasing before that actually happened. So, right. But you, I mean, you start to see it, right? You see general rate increases like annually from the, or even quarterly in some cases from these carriers. You're talking like 6% increase here or there. Like you start adding that up, it's like, okay, 6% increase this quarter, six months from now, there's another 6% increase. Well, now we've increased 6% on top of that increase. So it's like, mm-hmm. they just, it just compounds on itself over time. Now, the question is, and I guess it's not really a question, is that the some of their largest customers don't actually end up paying those general rate increases, right? Because right. they have commitments and contracts and, and conversations. Those are more for just like, if you wanted to ship something LTL and you don't have a commitment with them, it's going to cost you 6% more now than it did 
last week or or however that like the schedule that they roll those out. I think the key is you just see this upward trend. The question now becomes from a shipper's perspective, what is is it worth it to ship LTL when the truckload rate is where it currently is? Especially when you could shift it out of the truckload market or out of the contract market. You don't have to send it via contract. Send it via spot and you're paying a discount to to what we're even looking at here, right? I mean, it's like at a dollar sixty one line haul. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're shipping more than a handful of pallets, you might, it makes sense to maybe go truck full yeah, truckload. If nothing else, partial. Yeah. Right. I mean, you you've got options, right? I mean, once you once you start to get above that, probably like six pallet range, it's really a good question. And you don't have to ship a full truckload. Actually, when I was in brokerage, I had a customer that never shipped more than ten thousand pounds at a time. It was all truckload. There was like it was. It was essentially the same rate as what they were going to pay via LTL. So they just shipped it truckload. It was right around 10,000 pounds every time. And you don't, and, and you it don't got run there as, way faster. I was going to say, you don't run as many red. I mean, there's less handoffs. You're not going to a cross stock and getting things unloaded yeah, and no things like that. So it, there's definitely times where it makes more sense. And I yeah. think that's the key is not for everybody, but you've got to figure out when it is right. Yeah. Or, and this is, and that's network specific. I mean, it, yeah. it's, freight type specific it's not just like are you going to do this with things that weigh like are you ship ltl or like things that are really heavy because ltl is really industrial too right i mean it does a lot with industrial a lot of parts yeah a lot of parts move there but let's here's here's what i want to go to let's go to the next screen here real quick because what i want same chart but a slightly different view of it okay so this view here now shows the same chart the trend but as a percent increase since January 1 of 2017, right? So now you've got, so Jan 1, 2017, here on the left, and you've got today all the way in the top right, LTL is up 123%. Truckload up 36%. In that's wrong. That says five years. That should be six and a half years. So yeah. we can ignore that. But ignore that part. Everything else is correct. So 36%. Now, what's interesting is these lines as a percentage were trending fairly close together. There was an exception in 2019. They got a little far apart. But remember, that was the truckload. The truckload market was so soft in 2019. Very soft in 2019. There was no... You didn't necessarily see rate... Re, I mean, 2018 was one of those interesting years because the market was so soft. Like, if you look there at the country... rate reductions, but it wasn't yeah, exuberant. I mean, if you look at... If we even went back and looked at the chart right before this one, it was, I mean, a couple cent difference year over year. I mean, down per mile on the truckload side where you saw growth in 2019. I think some of that was, again, LTL carriers pushing off general rate increases. They know how much capacity is in their market. And shippers were shopping. I mean, shippers have, in that situation, shippers had the upper hand overall. They could shop. They could figure out what made sense for their network. Could they save money one way? Could they? Did, did it make sense to go LTL versus truckload and vice versa? And I think it's really hard to... I mean, this chart's incredible, but it's hard to base decisions based on this growth, right? Because it just depends on the network itself, right? Well, definitely. And like who the, the customer is too. But I guess my question here is, do we think, right? Because obviously there's there's an astronomical amount of LTL that just will never go into yeah. the truckload market. We know that. But there is there is a portion of it that could at times mm-hmm. based on the network, right? So I guess the question is at what point 
does this, let's call it gaping divide become big enough to where folks that maybe have the option or maybe just have to make a few slight changes, consolidate a couple of things. Yeah. When does it become a big enough gap that the incentive says, hey, actually, let's let's bring a little bit of that volume over into the truckload market? I, I think it depends. I mean, mainly because they're priced so different, right? I mean, you're talking yeah. price per weight versus price per mile. Sure. So it, it kind of depends on length of haul. Like there's so many little factors that go into comparing them. I think it sets itself up is right it, now. Let me ask you this question. Is it, is it a... If you can make it work really easy right now, is the time to do it. Right. I guess that's the question, right? Is there any situation in which this even becomes relevant to make that decision? Again, it, it, it's dependent. I think right now it does because sure. you see truckload contract rates come down so hot, far, right? I mean, they were up up close to $3 a mile. Now we're down to two thirty six. I mean, you can see the growth. It was 75% higher than what it was in 2017 at the peak. And now it's back down to 36. So, I mean, you've cut the growth in half. Yeah. Like right now it would be the time to do it. it the question is, and again, this isn't a question I don't think we can answer. This is dependent on a network and the supply chain and transportation planning and managers to figure out, to sit it down and figure out exactly what one, when you bring it in, what it would it cost to run the truckload versus the LTL. Because LTL right now is service based. I mean, really, when you think about it, like that's the whole point is the price. They think they're the premium. It it prices itself like it's the premium option versus truckload. Yeah. When the market shifts, are you going to be able to shift right back, or are you going to fall victim to the general rate increases that the LTL carriers provide? Or either way, you're going to fall victim to some sort of rate increase to some extent. Yeah. It's just. What can you manage and what can you handle? And I think that's the that's the question that internally they would have to answer. That is not a question I don't think we can answer because it is so dependent on shipment size, weight, mileage. There's so many different factors that play into it on when to choose LTL versus full truckload. But the option is definitely available. And if it makes sense right now, is the time to do it. Tony, we need all the answers. I know. But people are here for answers, okay? Everybody here is wondering, you know, what they should do right now. They, sh- they want to know what numbers they need to pick for the Powerball, okay? Actually, we should talk about that one after this, okay? Don't share with them. I need it. But anyways, the point is, we need we need plans. No, you're uh, you're absolutely correct, right? So a lot, lot of different options there. It depends on your network. depends on what you're shipping, when you're shipping, what your lead times are. Do you even have the ability to consolidate? Do you not? So, But I do think it is an interesting chart to, to see nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, from if you, it would make you if sh- this was a stock chart, you would LTL. I mean, LTL is the S and P. Yeah. Well, it, right. You some, see this, and it dips. makes you think, right? It it at least it invokes a thought provoking conversation that you can have with yeah a carrier, a transportation service provider. Like, it's am I doing the right thing? Like it 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 lets you reflect on, am I doing the right thing? To, are there better options out there for me in the current environment? I think that's the key. What I think is crazy is just in the last year, LTL went from, in less than a year, really, it went from up 75% from 2017 to now up 123% from 2017. Yeah. So I mean, it gained 50 points. Yeah, I mean, you saw growth early in the year, right? In less than a year, which is pretty remarkable. But that's how compounding interest works, folks. Um, so we've got, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. 
Okay. We are we are going to get to interest payments here in a little, or not interest payments, excuse me. We're going to get to um, student loan repayments. Although speaking of interest payments, I did learn this from Disruptor. So great Twitter account you should follow. Um, big fan of Freightways. So he, uh, Disruptor said that I think the number is one quarter, maybe. If I misremember the, I might be misremember the numbering, but it's a, it's a significant amount of government debt has to get refinanced at higher interest rates next year. That's tough. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I tried to find out how much that would actually increase the payment and couldn't find the answer. But anyways, point is it's going to be a lot. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't matter when the interest rate goes from 4% to 8%, you double your interest payment. Yeah. So. You double your interest payment. So their interest payment is probably going to be over a trillion dollars at this point, but that's, uh, that's not, well, I guess it's kind of a problem, but anyways, um, so Here's here's what I want to jump into because we just we, we've had a couple of things happen in the market, right? So I want to look at tender rejections because we've seen tender rejections on the rise lately, particularly in the reefer market, which has really led the national tender mm -hmm. rejections. We talked about this last week, um, and I, I think a significant portion of this is we saw the Midwest leading the way as well as the Southeast with the hurricane. Mm -hmm. Although the the Midwest probably mo mostly likely due to different produce that are moving, you need a lot yeah. of temperature control. Um, so here it is, and also going into Labor Day, an interesting time. So tender, I think I think this is the positive sign, yeah. right? It's not like, hey, let's throw our hats in the air, but it is, if nothing else, a, a little bit of light, maybe. Yeah. It, right? It That's kinda, the highest point we've been all year, minus the initial start when we were coming off the New Year's. Yeah. I think that's the key, is to remember that we're inching higher. It's a very slow movement. I mean, we've gone up, what, 130 basis points in almost two months? Like, yeah. They're very slow increases, but it's an increase. And I think that's the key is that it was a little more reactive to the holidays. Look at Labor Day, like the lead into Labor Day, it was more reactive. Again, it is almost entirely driven by reefer. The drive-in rejection rate is still f sub 4%. It's, right. So ultimately, there's still too much capacity in the market. And even at 4.3%, there's still too much capacity in the market and we need to churn it, but we're seeing the signs that it's starting to leave. Yeah. And that, and there's, I've had conversations and heard anecdotally about, hey, from a shipper perspective, they're starting to claw back on, not claw back, but slow their contract rate reductions, right? There's, they're getting in a place that they're comfortable where, they're taking the risk off of this market turning in 2024 by, hey, we're not going to drop our rates to the floor, even though right now, still at 4.3%, they're still in an advantageous spot in those negotiations. They just don't want to do it because it's too risky because you're seeing capacity leave. You're seeing volume levels higher. Yeah. Uh, I say higher. They've improved sequentially from quarter after quarter after quarter for the last three quarters, right? There's a chance that we turn positive year over year in volume levels by the end of the year. We'll see if that actually happens, but that gap between 2022 and 2023 has narrowed over the course of the past few months. So there's just, there's a lot of risk in the market right now of the market turning next year. And what you're seeing is these rate reductions, but I think carriers from their perspective are right now, it's how much options do they have to go play the spot market? 
this indicates not that much unless you're in the reefer market where rejections are 10%. Yeah. But that's where they should be. That's where they were in 2019 was, I don't think they ever dropped below 10%. If they did, it was for a very short time. Yeah, very very short period of time. What's interesting too is where where it's happening. Like, let's just, so agree with everything that we said. Let's not spend a lot of time here. I do want to focus on the hurricane that just went through Florida and some of the other parts of the country. But, um, you know, what's interesting about this index is how well it tells us what's happening, yep. basically where it is, right? So, like this big driver right here, there's a ton of markets that have actually declined during mm -hmm. the same period while this is going up. So I think what's really exciting is from a carrier's perspective, you have opportunities here. You just have to know where they're at. You have to know where they're at. And from a shipper's perspective, you have risk when this is happening. You just have to know where it's at. Let, let's go ahead and pull up the map. And I think while this isn't going to surprise anybody, woohoo, yay, look at Florida right now, ton of blue. What this means is we're looking at weekly tender rejection changes meaning the blue is where you've seen the biggest increase over the last week, and the red is where you've seen the biggest decrease, white mostly unchanged. Big surprise, Florida, South Georgia popping off. Some other areas have blue as well that's mostly unrelated, um, mostly being the keyword, but yeah. a lot of blue down here in Florida, a lot of that's related to hurricane activity. And Yeah, I mean, you, when you think about it, right, to have her outbound rejection, you, the truck basically is not there, right? The capacity is out of the market. You're seeing right. the market tighten. What you saw leading into the hurricane is you saw markets like Atlanta kind of, I don't say, they tightened because that capacity that was contracted went into hurricane, effectively went into hurricane relief yeah. and was staged in Atlanta. They've come in and now they've fled out of the market in Florida, right? You either had What's interesting, you probably had trucks leave just avoiding Florida altogether over the past week, which mm -hmm. tightens capacity, right? If you look at inbound rejections into Florida, you'll probably see them higher week over week because carrier... Now, they might be trending down now. Sure. But they're still maybe elevated week over week because from a carrier perspective, you don't want to enter these areas prior to this happening, right? Right. There's, a ri there's too much risk involved. And these are knock-on effects too, right? Like, say you were in Atlanta and you had a load that was going into Lakeland. Well, you got held up in Atlanta for two days while waiting for the hurricane, or a day, right, to pass. Well, now you missed, you had, say you had contracted freight out of Lakeland going back to Atlanta. Well, now you likely missed the pickup. So you probably reject, you're, you're probably rejecting the freight, just knowing that it's not going to happen. Be like, hey, we'll pick it up somebody else, some other time, like, It'll have to get retendered, and I think that Probably. may be some of what you see is that these knock-on effects from delays associated with it are showing up in this moment. Last thing we have to talk about before we part ways, right? We're almost at the end of time. You and I have been talking a lot about this as far as where demand's headed. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little more bullish than you, not significantly, but a little bit. But regardless, mainly because spot rates are going to be high the contract by the end of the year. But more importantly... Um, if if you don't know what that means, just watch the last episode or one of the episodes before that. Tony and I had had a big back and forth. He thinks I'm a dummy for saying that, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will either prove me to be the smartest man in the room, or you'll never see him on the podcast again. Student loan repayments are coming back, and yeah, right. I think the conversation that we had is what what ultimately loses. I think consumers are going to pull away from services, not physical goods. Yeah, that's just my thought. And we've got a chart here to show. 
Um, the pay, there's a lot of lines there. Tony, tell us what we're we looking at. Yeah, so this is the receipts from the Department of Education. Basically, it's a measure of the repayments or that they're bringing in from these student loans. So definitely saw an increase in August, fairly sizable. I mean, it looks like the resumption. Uh, the diff, the problem is it's still below where it was in the pandemic. Uh, I think the one luxury that maybe there is going to be is this on-ramp of ramping up the student loan. So it's yeah. not going to be an instant. But I mean, I saw a report uh, that the consumer's at risk of like, I think it's over $14 billion per month in spend, like consumer spending that's at risk. Yeah, possible. so you've got $6.4 in August. Compared to 2.1 2 in July. July and 1. So it's starting to ramp up, but it it's not at the levels. It, it basically needs to double again. Again, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're talking at about $14 billion. And the question, like you said, does it, does that, sh the shift's going to have to come from somewhere because consumer savings rates are so low. So right. it's just going to be a transition from what they're spending on now, services and goods, to they're going to have to pull back on one and maybe both. And guess what? If they pull back on goods demand, while we've seen some growth sequentially, there it definitely puts it at further risk. It does give us a risk for, for further downside potential, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, folks, that's it for Wistonar today. We hope you enjoyed the show, the new setup here. We will see you live next week, uh, 2 p.m. from now on. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day.